0: our Bibles and go to Psalm 23 and continue. Trying to do a a short survey of the Psalm. We covered the first two verses last week. It's not a long Psalm, so we can read the whole thing and then go back and... uh, Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup, runneth over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So we've got uh, a couple more verses to cover. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for your goodness, your love to us, your faithfulness. Thank you for being a good kind, loving, caring shepherd you've promised to and you have provided for us. We ask that those that we know who do not know yet you as shepherd would find you as their personal savior and find all that you can do for them once they come to you on your terms of confession of sin and repentance and Lord, I thank you that you give us new life and you give us abundant life. And I would ask, Lord, that you would uh, encourage our hearts as we look at your word this morning. And give me a clear mind and help us to have open hearts to hear, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Now, when we come to uh, familiar passages of scripture, sometimes it's easy. Well, I already know that. So, you know, why are we, do- no, no, why are we doing it? Because it's God's word and it's still powerful. and It's good to meditate on his word. You know, the fact that I've read Psalm 123 once in the past doesn't mean, okay, that's good, done and dusted, don't need that anymore. I should still be able to and wanting to go back and meditate on those wonderful truths that he's given me from this passage and many other passages over and over and over again. And you'll find that when you do that, it's not old, it's fresh, it's fresh. And those truths can really be helpful. So we confer- consider the first two verses last week. We saw that the Lord is a powerful shepherd, a personal shepherd, a protecting shepherd, and a providing shepherd. And he's promised to meet our needs. He gives us rest and refreshment. Now, thankfully, it doesn't end there. It continues to do a whole lot more for us. So we see in verse number 3. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So we'll break this down. There's two sections of that verse. So the first section, He restoreth my soul, gives me the thought in our outline, if you have the outline. The shepherd provides restoration. We get that from that idea. He restoreth my soul. Now, the the word restoration means to return. It's the idea of having to return to something. And so God puts our soul back to a previous condition of well-being. You know, when we got saved, all was well. And then sometimes we stray down those wrong paths and we get out of fellowship with the Lord. And thankfully, he is willing to restore that fellowship and our souls need to be restored to that place of wellness again because sin doesn't help us sin sickens the soul it sours our spirit you know when you've disobeyed the lord how do you feel inside you feel great don't you no you feel like your stomach's churning sometimes you feel Ugh, just something off yeah something's off we're not well we're not well spiritually, and it often also affects our our physical bodies. It has, it has ramifications there. It, it affects our mental state. Sometimes we can't think right. We're, we're disturbed. We're easily agitated. Why? Because we know there's something not right, and we need to have that restored. That's why we need to confess our sins right away so we can get back into that closeness with God. He wants to restore that fellowship. And, uh, that fellowship, and that restoration speaks of, you know, a sense of revival and, uh, after we've, we've strayed away and, and become wayward and weak. David knew about this because obviously he knew he was a sinner and when he strayed terribly in the, in the situation with Bathsheba in Psalm 51, he sought, when he sought to reinstate his closeness to the Lord, he prayed this in Psalm fifty-one, twelve: "Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit." Here he's he's tying the idea of restoration uh, together with joy. So when our our fellowship is restored, our joy is restored. That the peace and the sense of well being inside comes back. Isn't that a blessing? That when we have sinned, we can confess it and we can be clean, and we can feel good again. And by the way, this is just totally side note. Uh, those of uh, those those of you who still have children in the home, when your children have done wrong and there has been uh, uh, you've dealt with it, whether it's through discipline and talking to them, and there's um, an apology, all of that. Make sure that you forgive them and don't hold things over their head. They need to have that sense of restoration also. Because they want to have that restored fellowship and that confidence that you still love them, you still care for them, you still want to help them. Just like we want that from the Lord as our shepherd. And thankfully he is faithful that way. So perhaps you've strayed from the shepherd in recent days, maybe this past week, over this past month, maybe it's been a season of sin, and you've um, gone into one of Satan's fields of temptation, straying away from the good shepherd. If so, I urge you to return. Don't delay. Come back to the Lord. Some have been in that season, that 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 strayed uh, situation for quite a while, and you know you've been away from the Lord. And you come and you do your church thing and you act like everything's okay, but you know what? everything's not okay. It's not. What you need is a restored soul and only Christ can give that to you when you come back to him. There's, there are too far too many people who just play church. They just play church. You know, I come and this is, this is my church thing. I'll pretend everything's okay when I come to church. And then you go, and you know everything's not okay. And you go back to doing all the things that you know that you, God doesn't want you to do. And you're going to do them anyway. And maybe it, it could be that you actually know they're wrong and you feel bad about it. Or you feel powerless to have victory over it. Come to the shepherd. He'll restore you. And he'll actually help you to not continue down those paths. We'll get that. That's the next point we'll get to here in a, a moment. But um, confess that sin. Be cleansed. And in. Listen, if someone's here this morning and you're not sure where you're going when when you die, you're not saved, you you don't know, you don't have that confidence that, hey, all my sins have been forgiven. That's why Jesus died. He died on the cross so that you could have cleansing and peace and a relationship with him. And people say, well, I'll, I'll deal with that later. Can I tell you this? Salvation's not just about getting to heaven. It's about having a good shepherd in this life to get me through all the hardships. You're going to have problems no matter what. Everyone has problems. It's a lot better to go through this life with the shepherd. You say, well, but if I'm a Christian, I can't do all those things that I want to do. All the things that you want to do sometimes are the are the very things that cause you all the problems that you have in the first place. So uh, trust the good shepherd. He actually has got a pretty good path and a pretty good life for you. So we see, first of all, the shepherd provides restoration. That's the first part of the verse. He restoreth my soul. The verse continues. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So the second thought we have here is the shepherd leads to righteousness. The purpose of restoration is so that God can bring us... and bring us back to the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Every saved person bears the name of Christ. Now, uh, we can be sure that the Lord wants um, all to know how great a father he is to his children. And every shepherd is known by the condition of his sheep. So, these guys who have flocks and they've got their herds, all that, and, and and these sheep, if some are all tattered and sickly and diseased and malnourished, that's a reflection on the shepherd not taking care of them. And how we live is a reflection on our heavenly Father. And if you live um, a dirty, unhealthy. Spiritual life that does not provide an honorable reputation for our shepherd, does it? It's 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 making our shepherd look bad, and I think oftentimes people tarnish the name and character of the good shepherd just by our uh, by their our foolish foolish wanderings into sin into. Um, waywardness, into filth of the world. And we become sickly when we stray from the Lord, when we get off of His paths of righteousness, and when we lack the spiritual nourishment. Listen, if you you stay out of church and you're not faithful to church, you're not going to have the spiritual nourishment that you need. You're not going to be strong. You will cave to Uh, temptation and and sin a lot easier. And if you're one of uh, Christ's sheep, can I suggest that you look and act like one? Because the outside does matter. People say, well God looks on the heart and man looks on the outside. That is true. He does look on the heart. And he sees some hypocrisy sometimes, doesn't he? Because sometimes it, it kind of, this, that verse kind of works both ways. People will clean up the outside a little bit and put on a good show at church, but inside, they're filled with wickedness. Yeah, God does look on the heart. And then other people say, so, well, God looks in the heart and man looks on the outside, so the outside doesn't really matter because, you know, he's looking at the heart. He's not looking at the outside. The Bible doesn't say he's not looking at the outside. It says man's looking at the outside. So all the more reason we take care of the outside also. Because how do people know we even have a good shepherd if we're not taking care of the outside? So he he wants us to lead us on these paths of righteousness because it's a good reflection on him. Is your life a good testimony, a good reflection? Are you walking paths of righteousness? And the people look and say, Well, that person's different. I can really see God's working through them. I hope so. But further, it goes more than that. On the paths of righteousness, we're actually doing righteousness. We're doing good things. The Bible says in in Acts about Jesus that he went about doing good. And we should also be doing good. Good deeds. The psalm that we've read and contains a lot of blessings. We've covered some of them, we'll cover more uh, next week. But these many, many blessings are promised only to those who are on the right path. If you're not on the right path, you're not with the shepherd, you're away from the shepherd, you can't expect the blessings of the shepherd. How can the shepherd take care of you if you're not in the fold, so to speak? First of all, if you're not one of his sheep, you got to be one of his sheep. you got to be saved. You've got to come to Christ and let him be your shepherd and your savior. But not just that. <laughs> Those of us, again, who are saved, if we're strayed off into another field, the fields of temptation and sin, we're not close to the Lord. He can't provide all of these blessings to us. So the question is, have you strayed from God's ways? Have you defiled that spotless coat that he gave you at salvation if so come back and let him clean you up and you'll feel a lot better right didn't we just hear a sermon about that you, you feel better when you're clean uh, let, the, the, let, let the world see how well God takes care of us and, and those promise that we, we looked at last week I shall not want when you're one of God's sheep he will provide for you doesn't mean you're going to be rich but he'll provide for you uh our needs will be met. And I can attest to that. My needs have always been met. God is so, so faithful to us. And, you know, if, by the way, we're a good testimony and a good reflection of our shepherd, perhaps maybe some more people would be interested in knowing our shepherd. If they saw how good he took care of us, they say, wow, maybe I want some of that. So the paths of righteousness must be trodden, as the last part of the verse says, for his name's sake. It's for his sake. It it does work for our benefit, yes, but it's for his name's sake. And so when we do things, we should say to ourselves, is this a good reflection on my shepherd? Because this needs to be for him and for his name's sake. And uh, he's done so much for us, the least we could do is follow him on the right path, the path of righteousness, and live a clean life for him. All right, so let's get to verse 4 before I run out of time. And we still have time, so don't worry. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And I've, I've broken this Verse down in a couple areas also. So the first one is this the shepherd promises closeness. Said, um, Thou art with me. And then, but before that, um, he talks about the valley of the shadow of death. Listen, the Christian life, uh, there's no promise of rest and relaxation 24 7. Okay? He does restore us soul. He does lead us in the paths of righteousness. He does do all these things. He makes us to lie down in green pastures. He leads us beside the still waters. Right? But sometimes the sheep have to be on the move a little bit. And uh, to get to the next pasture, they've got to walk on some rocky areas. They've got to pass through the, the valleys and, and things like that. And walking down through those valleys and those steep cliffs can be pretty precarious at times. And so we often hear this psalm and this particular this verse in uh, at um, funerals, right? That yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and certainly it does speak of that. You know, when we're going through the time when we when someone's passing, if they know the Lord, He's going to be with them and He's going to take care of them. But it's not limited to just that, because when a <laughs> when a shepherd would lead his, his sheep down through a valley, they didn't all fall off the cliff and die. It was the valley of the shadow of death. There, were, there was the threat of death. I think this also speaks of uh, near-death experiences. And the psalmist, David, who wrote this, had plenty of them. And perhaps he had some of these thoughts in mind when he penned these words. Uh, because throughout his life, he had... Troubling times, brushes with death. He fought a lion. He encountered a bear. He challenged a giant that nobody else would. He was hunted by the king and the king's army, uh, Saul. He was hunted by Absalom and his army. Uh, he was provoked by Satan himself. So he really did have a, a lot of troubling times and near death's experience. And you're going to have times of affliction. Some of us have had lots of them. But because he is our shepherd, he's promised to be by our side. He says yea, I walk through the valley, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I don't have to be afraid. Why? Because thou art with me. Now, it's Interesting how he's talking about the Lord and then right here it kind of shifts toward a prayer. He's talking about him, then it's just in midstream he's saying, thou art with me. I'm not going to fear any evil because you're with me. Isn't it interesting how sometimes you can be reading the Bible and, and you're thinking about God and then soon it turns into a prayer, you're talking to him. And it was just so natural for David to be talking about God, and all of a sudden it just turned into a prayer. You could be you know walking down the road, sitting in your your recliner, meditating and praying, thinking or just thinking about the Lord, thinking about a sermon you heard, thinking about devotions, and all of a sudden it turns into a prayer. Uh, we should have that kind of a closeness with our shepherd, and by the way, these Troubling times are what often draws us close to the Lord and helps us remember that he is near and help, is willing to help us through. So what a comforting prayer. Thou art with me. So no matter what you have faced in this past week, what you're facing currently, what you're going to face, <laughs> uh, he's with you if you're saved. One of the sheep. So we see the shepherd promises closeness. And then secondly, the shepherd promises comfort. David mentions the the comfort of the shepherd's rod and staff. Now, you say, that doesn't sound like comforting. You know, if I get smacked with a, a rod, you know, that sounds like a correction. That doesn't sound like comfort. Where did you come up with this idea of comfort? I didn't come up with it. Uh, it's right there in the verse. <laughs> The second part of the verse is, For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. So thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Isn't that interesting that the rod and staff would bring comfort? How could it do that? Well, I think if we understood what a shepherd would use his rod and staff for, it would help us to understand how that can be comforting. So first of all, we see the rod. The rod that God uses, um, similar here. Shepherds would use their rod a couple different ways. Probably many ways, but here's a couple of them, right? I've never been a shepherd, so I, I can't tell. But a shepherd will use the rod to count his sheep, right? To make sure he's got them all. He would use them to control his sheep, you know, guide them and steer them. He would use the rod to correct his sheep. Give him a little love tap once in a while, right? Uh, So it's comforting then to know that the Lord will keep a close eye on us at all time. As many sheep as we are, he never loses track of any one of us, right? Of Of all of the saved people in this room and all the things that you're going through, you know, when I have my problems, I'm not even thinking... Can God hear me and help me because he's so busy with Ra and Mr. Snyder and, you know, the Maulers or No, he can help me, too. I'm not even thinking, sorry, when I'm going through my problems, I'm not even thinking about you and your problems because my problems are important. <laughs> your problems are important, too. I do pray for you. I'm just, <laughs> but what I know about your problems. So, But the Lord is there, and that's the kind of confidence we should have. It's not like, oh, I don't know if he's going to be able to help me out here. No, he's going to be able to help me out here. He loves us. He's there for us. And what confidence we can have in him as he counts us and makes sure that we're not lost in the shuffle. And when we go astray, he's willing to come after us. But not only that, uh, when we grow lazy or stubborn, uh, uh, sometimes refusing to go the direction that we're directed, he... Gently nudges us in the right direction uh, with the rod and says, hey, over here, buddy, right? Now, at times, that gentle nudge doesn't quite get our attention, does it? And there are times then a well-placed heavenly swat will usually do the trick in, in getting us to wake up and see, oh, maybe I should be coming back to the fold or going where. Onto those paths of righteousness that He wants me on, and but we can always be thankful that He cares enough about us to correct us, right? And when you know, obviously, our pastor is a shepherd. When He corrects us, we should be thankful, and that's comforting. That to know we're not going to go off the wrong direction. Parent, uh, uh, children should be thankful when their parents correct them. But I'm thankful we've got a a Savior who pays close attention to us. Um, Also it should be noted that the rod uh, was used by the shepherd to protect the sheep. Um, The enemy would come. We don't know when the enemy will come and assault us. That's why we need to stay close to the good shepherd because we'll be safe next to the good shepherd. He can take his rod and let the wolf have it, right? Club him over the head and, uh, feel protected. So make sure you stay close to the shepherd. Wandering away only puts you in, in harm's way, actually. So we see the, the rod, first of all, and then we see the staff. The staff also provided comfort to David, the shepherd's staff, uh, the staff speaks of guidance. It speaks of deliverance, and and in these ways, it explained that the guidance. Um, the shepherd sometimes would be just walking along the sheep, and if one was trying to get away, he would he could just lean out and kind of gently push the the end of the staff along the side of the uh, of the uh, sheep to get his attention. And to keep them on the straight and narrow way. Because it's real easy to get off the right path, isn't it? So a little bit of pressure by the shepherd and his staff will help us stay focused on the trail ahead. Let me throw this out at you then. In light of that, the shepherd's staff, that little bit of pressure... Those little disturbances in life that you and I experience, those little things that frustrate us, those little things that like, mm, what's going on? Why is this happening? It's not always necessarily chastening. It could be just a little bit of pressure from the shepherd with his staff that causes us to seek him uh, because we felt that touch. And it's designed to keep us from wandering into those paths of unrighteousness and those fields of temptation. We're thankful then that the Lord does that. So those little those little pressures of life, those little mm, inconveniences, sometimes it's just the good shepherd keeping our attention on him, keeping us on the right path. They should be welcomed instead of a source of uh, irritation to us all the time. Sometimes it's easy just to get frustrated. Like, this is not happening. This is, right. this is not happening right Try not to live that way. Uh the flesh wants us to live that way, but try to live in light of eternity, and live in light of we have a, a real God who is active in our lives, who is there to help us, to guide us, to help and to put us in the right direction, because we're prone to wander. Right? All we like sheep have done what? Gone astray. Then the shepherds, of course, used the hook then at the end of the staff to reach out and pull those sheep from precarious places, right? A sheep would fall into a ravine or into a ditch. The shepherd could reach down because his arms aren't so long, right? But he could reach down with his staff and pull them out. Thankfully, the Lord's uh, hand is not shortened, and he's got a staff that can reach us wherever we are. No matter how far you think you've fallen off the cliff of sin... God's staff is still able to reach down and pull you back to himself and restore you to fellowship. No matter how far you've gone, know that you have a loving, kind shepherd who wants to restore you. And God's effort to lead us and to spare us from harm through using the rod and the staff should be very comforting. Those times of Yes, sometimes chastening, sometimes a little pressure. All of these things should be welcome to us and a source of comfort to know he cares. He doesn't want me going down the wrong way and he's going to help me. So I challenge you, if you've strayed, you've gotten off the right path, come back to the shepherd and don't get irritated when he nudges you to stay on the right path.